Hello, I'm Dylan. And I'm Keon. And this is Zenith, that podcast where we're wise because this week we watched Cygnus Alpha. By Terry Nation. Directed by Veer Lorimer. And aired on January 16th, 1978. Episode three. Three episodes in. Yeah. Yeah. This is the the first uh, episode that I guess sort of... um, Feels like what the rest of the show is going to feel like. Yeah, and it was <laughs> my favorite episode so far, anyway. Yeah, it's, it's a really good episode. Mm. Has Brian Blessed in it, so, uh, you know, that's a, a big plus. Quintessential British actor Brian Blessed <laughs> in a role that doesn't actually require him to shout every single line he says. But he does anyway. <laughs> <laughs> At least King Yakarnos was a really over-the-top character that Brian Blessed could shout all his lines for and not be considered out of place. I didn't feel that out of place. That out of place. <laughs> he didn't shout every line. No, not every line. <laughs> Just like 95% of them. <laughs> uh, so. There were a couple solid lines between him and the, the priestess who that weren't shouted. <laughs> Yeah, there, I mean, there were a few. He kind of reined it in a bit for a little while. But then he went right back. Right and, back to it. Anyway, starts in that quintessential British TV filming location, a rock quarry. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a dark night, so um, no, not the movie. There's, it's just the, the physical time and amount of light. <laughs> Yes, they're probably filming at night or something like that. It's dark, okay? The point is, it's dark. It's and, a rock uh, quarry. a couple people see uh, uh, a ship landing. I think it looks almost like a shooting star or something, and they're like, new, yes, new uh, believers for our cult or whatever. Yeah. Remember last episode where the, the captain was like, it's going to take us eight months to reach Cygnus Alpha. So just keep in mind that means the story takes place nearly eight months after the last one. Yeah, well, the okay, this is something I was going to bring up because the timeline is a, a little weird here because in the last episode you said that it had been a couple months or like that episode took place over a couple months whether there was a time skip like mid-episode and I was like, no, nah, it doesn't, doesn't really seem to be the case. Um, but what's weird here is that they're at Cygnus Alpha, so it's taken eight months or however many months it's been since the mutiny. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it seems like Blake, Avon, and Jenna are just getting used to the ship. Yeah. Yeah, that so, was my thing, too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, either way, whether there's a time skip in episode two or not, the, the timeline is a, a little off here. I mean, a, a little, it's it's more than a little off. <laughs> it's a couple months off. Because it's also, it's also implied that, like... The Liberator is way faster than any other ship in the galaxy because the crew is really surprised when they arrive at Cygnus Alpha so fast. Yeah. But they still get there after the London does, and it took the London eight months since it left Earth to get there. So how fast did the Liberator really go? And if it actually was going that fast, did Blake, Avon, and Jenna just sit around in empty space for like three months? <laughs> three months later, I guess we better learn how to use this thing. <laughs> 
they're just bumming around <laughs> just in one place. They're like, yeah, we don't have to do anything for a little while still. I wonder if there are any fan explanations of this. I mean, probably. I mean, probably, but I'm pretty sure none of them are satisfying. <laughs> Especially since episode two ends with Blake being like set a course for Cygnus Alpha. <laughs> Maybe it took them three months to figure out how to set the course. <laughs> I mean, it didn't really look like they were making much of an attempt to set the course when this episode cuts to Blake, no, Avon, no, I mean, and Jenna. Kind of looks like they were just pressing buttons randomly and just having it all work out. <laughs> I mean, for Jenna and Blake, that is kind of nothing works out for Avon. You know, he's kind of SOL at the end, but I will get there. The funniest part of the entire episode are like, all right, T minus five, four, three. And Blake's like, all right, beam me up. <laughs> Anyway, we cut now to Blake, Avon, and Jenna, and they're like, it's kind of weird. The ship feels almost alive. And then there's just a booming voice. It's like, I am alive. <laughs> yeah, Avon makes some remark about how all the technology seems pretty foreign to what Earth technology is like. It seems basically alive and uh, organic. And then uh, we get Zen's voice. I didn't remember that Zen sounded like this. <laughs> but but uh, he does. I was surprised to learn that Zen was a male voice i guess that's just because there's such a trope in science fiction for the computer to always be a woman for whatever reason nah, not not all the time but. i mean not all the time but i feel like it's the majority of the time and also enough of the time for it to be like just considered like a trope almost eh. i feel like star trek kind of started that trope since the well, computer in star trek's always been a a woman. I mean, ships have been referred to as she's, she's for, like, forever, so. Yeah, I was wondering yesterday if that was, like, a thing when, like, Gene Roddenberry created Star Trek, if he was like, well, we always call ships she, so I should get a female to do the computer voice. Or if he was just like, yeah, he just picked randomly, like, yeah, just pick whoever. Like, I don't really know, but, yeah, I was just surprised that Zen was the guy, so. Well, I mean, technically it's just a computer. I mean, Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, technically. <laughs> so, then, like, technically, canine isn't uh, a male either. Yeah, well, <laughs> canine's a whole different uh, conversation. So then Zen's like, yeah, so I'll do whatever you want if you tell me what to do. And they they ask him a question, and he just doesn't he respond. Just dodges the question. Avon's like, computers aren't supposed to be allowed to dodge questions he calls it an ele electronic moron or something like that and blake and jenner are like yeah it's probably not helping your case avon <laughs> to which avon replies well it's a computer it should do what we say and, we and then they're like yeah but this is a sh this is an alien ship they make note of the fact that all the technology is pretty alien too and i was reminded of our conversation last week where they were really lucky <laughs> that the aliens weren't like 10 feet tall <laughs> So, Maybe they were, and they just they just crouched down everywhere. No, no. Genius ship design. <laughs> so Jenna and Blake ask Zen to plot a course for Cygnus Alpha, and apparently Zen knows where Cygnus Alpha is, so that's interesting, I suppose. Interesting because they've been assuming that the ship is alien this whole time, so it's interesting that Zen would know the name Cygnus Alpha and would all. be able to communicate with them. Yeah, in English. I, I wonder if this is ever like brought up in the show, or if it's just like, well, it's the technology is so advanced that it can do that. <laughs> well, the computer Zen is psychic. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's possible that 
maybe it extracted all that information from their brains while they were just kind of bumming around the ship for however long <laughs> they were bumming around the ship for. They also find guns. <laughs> yeah. In the wall. <laughs> These guns are stored in like a honeycomb wall. They look sort of, um, I don't know what they look like actually. Like flashlights almost. They have a mechanism installed where you can only take one at a time. And if you try to take more than one, your hand just gets burned. <laughs> yeah, not really sure why that mechanism is in place. <laughs> I, maybe it's to like prevent a mutiny, or, or maybe it's just because the ship's like, hey, we only have a limited supply of guns, so you can each only have one. Doesn't seem like they have that problem with the teleporter bands, though. <laughs> so, yeah, they're kind of like exploring the ship, which is, a, which is basically the best set in this story. Let's yeah, I th- be honest. I think this the ship just isn't finished yet in this episode either because we only get the, like that one angle again mm-hmm. and, and just that one area of the ship. <laughs> well, we kept the teleporter room at least. Yeah, 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 I guess we do. Although the gun, the gun wall does look like they just put it against some random wall in the BBC warehouse <laughs> and filmed it. There, <laughs> there was another scene when... I don't remember when this happens now, but they're in the ship and something happens. And so to like make it look like they're going really fast or something, it looks like they just got a vacuum cleaner and they're sucking their faces. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was right at the beginning. <laughs> and meanwhile, on the London, just before they land, the captain is talking about his or is going over his incident report for the federation i'm just surprised that honestly the london even carried through with the whole thing and <laughs> dropping all the prisoners off the cygnus alpha really looked less like a prison colony and more like just a religious cult planet <laughs> and when he's going over his incident report we get some flashbacks to the previous episode played in black and white for some reason yeah it's because the past is in black and white you've never seen old photos <laughs> yeah the world only started being in color like you know 50s All or right, so. Calvin. <laughs> Surprised you know where that's from. <laughs> I'm not an uncultured swan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've read that one random Calvin and Hobbes strip. <laughs> anyway, the captain mentions how they're only going to touch down on the planet for like 30 minutes, and Arctic's is like, come on, we've been on this ship for eight months. <laughs> The captain's like, suck it up, Arctics. It's going to be eight more months going back, but at least we won't have prisoners to transport. Arctics like, great. So they just kind of just dump all the prisoners and then just leave. Yeah, they they put them in a, a cell. And I think they, the prisoners are told that they're already in like the prison colony or whatever, but actually they're just in like this cordoned off area that's attached to the ship. Mm-hmm. And the ship just leaves. And they're like, oh, great. <laughs> and they're they're sort of arguing. Villa and Gan are there, and there are a couple of other people like Selman and uh, Arco, yeah, who don't really make it through the episode. Well, apparently the original plan when the crew of the the Liberator was going to be eight, that Selman and Arco either or maybe both were going to make it through, but then they changed their mind. We're like, we should only have seven main characters, so they just killed those guys off, which is why they're named, and none of the other prisoners have names. <laughs> Well, Blake's eight is actually a lot easier to say than Blake's seven. Yeah, you normally you just say Blake's seven. You don't actually like articulate Blake's seven. It sort of bleeds into the next word. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. So 
Dan, I don't remember who is like threatening Villa begins. Like, if you put your hands on him again, I'm going to tear your arms off. And the guy's like, ah. <laughs> and uh, Peter Jackson. I know his last name is Jackson. Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. The director. It's not Peter Jackson. It's David Jackson. David Jackson. He plays. <laughs> he plays Gan in this episode really uh, like humorously. Yeah. He's like, if you touch Villa again, I'm going to rip your arms off. <laughs> really lighthearted about his <laughs> threats. Anyway, they're all scared to go off into the uh, the wilderness. And uh, Gan's like, I'll go. Yeah. So Gan goes and he comes back. He's like, there's a body out here, guys. <laughs> and they're like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, body. And there's a sign. It's like, unbelievers will be killed or something. And they're like, great. Yeah, so perish unbelievers. And they they take the cloth off the, the body and it's decomposing and rotting and yeah yeah so apparently the Galactic Federation's idea of a prison colony is just a planet where they send people to die I guess they didn't expect this planet to develop its own like religion and basic basically a cult I think they just yeah. expected everybody to die on this planet <laughs> I wonder if this is based on like Australia where they were known to just dump people. Maybe, British, but... although really begs the question why they didn't just dump everybody in space all the time. <laughs> Actually, maybe that's why they are dumping them in space. They're like, we'll be doing them a service if we just airlock <laughs> them, since they're just going to like slowly starve to death on this quote-unquote prison planet. Yeah, it looks totally barren. I mean, there is that route that Blake uses to like climb up the hill, but that looks to be like it's the only piece of vegetation <laughs> for miles around. <laughs> I mean, it is filmed in the... In the <laughs> BBC Quarry number seven. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, Blake on the ship is exploring with Jenna and Avon, and they find these teleporter bracelets, and apparently Blake and Avon both worked on the same teleportation <laughs> project. Yeah. Avon's like, wow, small world, and Blake's our big project. And they, there's some techno-babble stuff about the material used in the teleporters. It's called Aqua something or the other. Yeah. Blake mentions, or Avon actually mentions, that they could never get teleportation of living matter to work because it would always come out dead on the other side. And so if this is an actual teleporter, then somehow they've cracked the the problem with transporting living matter through the teleportation beam. I think Avon says that on their project, anyway, they were using radio waves to transport the, the stuff. Anyway, Blake's like, well, nothing to lose. Might as well try it. If I'm not up in four minutes, start pressing buttons randomly and, and trying to get me back and hope I'm not dead. Avon pulls out his magic stick again and is like investigating the control panel because Blake's like, so do you know how it works? And he's like, I've got a theory. Blake's like, well, a theory's good enough for me. I'm like, wow, Avon using your magic stick a lot. I don't really think Avon has a theory based on what happens in like five minutes. No, there's a pretty funny line where... Earlier, when they're pushing buttons randomly, Jenna's like, all right, well, don't blow me if it self-destructs. And Blake's like, don't really think I'll be able to complain. Classic Chris Boucher. Nah, I don't know. Anyway, they, they beam Blake down to the planet and it works. Oh, there's actually there's another a- funny line I wanted to mention. Sorry, where Avon was like, bef- when he's explaining the teleportation, he's like, before I turned my skills to much more profitable means and Jenna just intercuts with, you got captured. And I'm like, wow, savage. <laughs> Yeah, well, enjoy Jenna's actual contribution to anything on the show while it lasts, even if it's just the dialogue. <laughs> Great. She's like my favorite character right now. 
Anyway, the teleport effect looks pretty cool. It's you get turned into an outline. Uh, of your, <laughs> I thought it looked cool. I mean, it wasn't like that technically great, but you get turned into a white outline of yourself. Well, like, okay, it's too. It's kind of twofold because the beam out effect is like. It kind of looks like they just stretched the footage and turned you into a sine wave, and then it like vibrates a bit, and then you just disappear. Yeah, that looks kind of pretty cool. Then the materialization effect is the white outline, and then you just kind of pop into existence. I liked it. I thought it was just okay. <laughs> anyway, Blake's like, hey, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Would probably be my reaction, too. <laughs> wow, I'm not dead. He tells them to, to start trying to bring him back up in four minutes. And he's going to explore. The like communicator that he has, there's a communicator attached to the teleportation band. But instead of like communicating with someone else's band directly, it's just like connected to a PA system yeah. on the ship. Which is why they can use it on the ship itself. And yeah, like we mentioned, they don't seem to have a problem with teleportation bands since there seems to be like a hundred of them just in that box that they find. Yeah. So. Meanwhile, I think the prisoners have encountered the servant of the god. Yeah, they have. Who's like, hey, you guys are going to be new followers of our cult. Yeah, because the unbelievers die. And they're like, wow, really like, oh, hospitable I guess, place. <laughs> guess we're, uh, guess we're gonna be followers then. Also, there's like literally no way to survive out here. So, <laughs> take us to your god. Yeah, she kisses Gan. Villa makes some like snide comment. Like, uh, I forget exactly. It's what like he says. I really like God's choice in servants. <laughs> so they go off to the uh, compound, and in the compound, they reveal to the prisoners that there's. That, yeah, they really don't have a choice because there's supposedly the curse of Cygnus, which kills you slowly on the planet, but the priests... Which is a disease, yeah. like an airborne disease. The priests have medicine that can stay your death, but it doesn't cure the disease, it just prevents you from dying. Yeah, you just basically have to take it every day so you don't die. They they put the prisoners in a cell while they, uh... I don't remember actually why they put them there, but they do. Yeah, they just kind of shove them in a cell, they're like, we'll get to you later. <laughs> Meanwhile... Blake has encountered the priests just roaming the surface of the planet, I guess. Maybe looking for more prisoners to indoctrinate. I don't think so, because Brian Blessed's character later on says that they carefully observed all the prisoners as soon as they got off the spaceship to make sure they counted all of them. So that's how he knows that Blake... They are. They do yell, like, look, an escapee here, and they start chasing after Blake. He, and, like, uh, runs up a rock slide, and Brian Blessed's at the top and is like, no, no, no. And then he slides down. Meanwhile, on the ship, Jenna's like 30 seconds. And yeah, Avon. <laughs> Avon just wants to leave. This is my favorite prop of the whole story. Avon's got these sticky. It's just, it's Hell just yeah, the actually stickers. just colored stickers. And he's like putting them on, on the button that he thinks is the one to bring Blake back. <laughs> gotta, gotta mark it somehow. And I was like, man. I'm sure they just pulled that out of someone's office drawer. <laughs> and they're like, here you go, Paul Darrow. Use these. Yeah, I thought it was extra yeah, funny because I've seen those exact stickers in real life before. And I was like, wow. Yeah, maybe their civilization isn't so far removed from ours as we think. Maybe it's some sort of grand commentary about how things have always been this way. No, no, it's probably just some stickers. Yeah, I don't think so. It's just probably just some stickers they found. So Avon pushes the button to bring Blake back, and nothing happens. And Jenna's like, well, try another button then. And Avon's like, I don't know what button to try. So Jenna just reaches over and pushes a random button, and it works. <laughs> it just completely works. 
some god-tier luck. Probably wish they didn't use it up on the, the return button. But yeah, it works. Avon just kind of looks at her like, wow. Wow. Because <laughs> Avon basically just wants to leave. Blake was like, you're a free man, Avon. He's like, yeah. Because yeah, Avon, we forgot to mention that Avon, as soon as he pulls the gun out, pulls it on Blake and Jenna. Blake's like, you're a free man. And he's like, yeah, I know. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> Blake just brushes it off and walks away. And Avon just doesn't do anything. So Blake is then like, okay, so I'm going to go down and get the prisoners. I'll just take a whole ton of these teleportation bands and I'll give them to the prisoners. And then and this time, give me four hours. Yeah. <laughs> and also I'll take one of these guns. And he goes down and he kind of spies on the head priest and the servant lady. And they're like talking just yeah, they're, about they're how in their the, like cathedral thing. The God gives life, and from his wrath comes death. They have a sign on the wall that says, "From this hand stems life," or something like that. Yeah, they also have like a gargoyle thing, gargoyle-looking model of what I presume is the God. He looks really confused. <laughs> like, why are these people following <laughs> me? I'm just a regular guy. <laughs> I'm just a lowly gargoyle. And then Blake that just Disney. immediately gets captured the, the disney cartoon disney. gargoyles based on the hunchback of notre dame <laughs> man disney made some weird stuff actually first blake goes to the prison compartment is like i can take you all with me and gans like there's a disease here that's that starts taking effect two hours after you land and blake's like i've been here for about two hours I'm like gans- what did you do for two hours <laughs> i guess it, yeah it's kind of weird i guess it took him two hours to get to the compound so he's like, but I've been here two hours and I don't have it. And Gan's like, it's probably already in your system. <laughs> Again, David Jackson just playing it so jovially. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you've probably already contracted it. <laughs> Blake's like, great. <laughs> Gan tells him that they need the medicine every day for the rest of their lives and that the uh, the priests are going to give them the medicine. Which just looks like Alka-Seltzer tablets, <laughs> for the record. Probably is based on <laughs> what you find out a little later. Yeah, so Blake goes to go look for the high priest and gets captured. And the priest is like, so what are these? High-tech equipment. What about these bracelets? And Blake's like, yeah, they're worthless. So, so they- Brian Blessed starts... Uh- Calling him Brian Muslim because I don't think the priest actually had a name. Let's find out. He did. Vargas. Oh, Vargas. <clears throat> he starts crushing them. He's like, well, if they're uh, worthless, I guess I'll just destroy all of them. And Blake's like, please don't. <laughs> Vargas is like, well, tell me what they are then. Blake's like, they're transportation bans. And Vargas is like, you're going to order your ship to come down here and land so that we can take the ship and spread our message across the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, first, okay, first Vargas doesn't believe that Blake stole the Liberator and escaped from the prison ship. But eventually he, he does. Blake just repeats the same thing, and he's like, oh, all right, I guess I believe it then. Well, because first Blake tries to play it off as like he was on the prison ship, and that's when Vargas was like, we watched all the prisoners come off, and you weren't among them. And he's like, well, I was on the prison ship, but then I escaped with a ship, another ship. And Vargas is like, well, I guess that could be true. <laughs> so I think Vargas also kind of explains uh, how this religion formed, which is that his great, great, however many greats, grandfather instituted it as a form of social control when the entire planet was just falling apart at the seams and everyone was just killing each other and, yeah, society wasn't uh, that great. Yeah. So they created this religion and uh, instituted himself as a, a priest of it. Probably some sort of social commentary there about how religion controls the masses or something, but... uh Yeah, whatever. 
and and uh, he uh, he's Blake makes some demands of him, and then he's like, "What do you? What right do you have to make demands? We worked hard to set up this religion and planet and stuff, mm-hmm. so uh, we have all the uh, rights here. Plus, I have the gun, and you're tied to the chair, so there's that too." Blake's like, oh, "That's a good point," <laughs> and then. Vargas is like, well, we can just torture it out of you. And he calls him priest. So he's like, torture this man. And Blake <laughs> and is make sure you have fun with it. Blake's kind of immune to torture at this point. Considering <laughs> <laughs> everything he's gone through with the Federation. And so mean he gets thrown in the, the prison cell with the prisoners because now Vargas is basically like, yeah, so we're not going to give them the medicine if, unless you give us the ship. Yeah, unless you give us the ship. Plus, in half an hour, we're going to come and pick someone at random and just kill them for our human sacrifice, which we apparently do also. <laughs> yeah. Probably why they need so many believers. This <laughs> is just, just killing all your own people. <laughs> Self-defeating religion, yeah. Anyway, Blake tries to uh, incite another rebellion, and uh, Gan and Villa are uh, eventually on board with it. Gan is on board with it from the beginning. Villa is on the fence. Uh, Arco and Selman also are convinced, but the rest of the prisoners are like, nah, we're just gonna take our chances with the cult. Yeah, this is the point where I started to suspect that the medicine was just a placebo, and it turns out I was right. What so, could have possibly hinted that? I, I was just like, oh, he's withholding the medicine, it's probably a placebo. It's probably not doing anything, and it's just bluffing. I don't know, it's just what I assumed. I mean, that is kind of a uh, a common thing. Yeah. This is why I assumed yeah, it. It's it's true. <laughs> so then now, oh yeah. So on the ship, we get this cunning, cunning way of not having to build another set because Villa's <laughs> like, "Hey, hey, Avon, go down the corridor to the final." Yeah. So well, yeah. Jenna's like, "Hey, Avon, go down the corridor to the final room on the right and check it out." <laughs> Avon's like, "Okay," and then the next scene, he comes back carrying gold, and he's like, "Wow." Nice. He's like, there's enough treasure in that room to uh, last an entire lifetime. We could buy an entire planet with just half of what's in that room. And uh, we should probably just leave. And he's like, like but, no. but what about Blake? And he's like, yeah, forget Blake. Blake's so, just want to spend this on fighting the Federation. Yeah. Honestly, kind of on board with Avon at this point, you know. I would kind of, I would want to just, uh, you know, leave as well. But Jenna is on the fence about it. And she's like, just give Blake an hour. Avon's like, what, why? What's what's the point? What, what's the point in giving him an hour? And she's like, that way I would be able to convince myself that we gave him a fair shot. I mean, how far into the four-hour time period are they? At, at least this two point? hours. At least two hours. So they probably just want to wait it out for the entire four-hour period. Yeah, why didn't Jenna just say, let's just wait till the end of the four hours we promised Blake and then we can leave? Like, I don't know, but I think that's what she meant. Meanwhile... On the planet. <laughs> they come up with a, a plan to uh, to intervene with the... Uh, basically to escape by intervening with the human sacrifice. Because they're... <clears throat> apparently all the prisoners are brought to observe the sacrifice. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh... You well, know, so... They basically... The guards or the priests come to take whoever they're going to take for the sacrifice. And then we just cut to the sacrifice and we don't see what happens. And they like, do this thing where, like, all right, here's the plan, and they cut away. <laughs> yeah, but they don't even show us. <laughs> but it turns out the plan. The plan. <laughs> but it turns out the plan is just right before the sacrifice. Blake just jumps up and he's like, "Now!" And they just grab the guns and <laughs> they disguise themselves as a priest 
priests, but we don't see how they like knock out or kill yeah, the priests. Okay, this, this is kind of weird that they 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 sort of cut this out because at this point in the show, uh, apparently Terry Nation's scripts were running severely under time, <laughs> and uh, Chris Boucher and I guess Nation himself. Uh, had to uh, pad out a lot of the stories to make them run f- like 45 to 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird that... It's probably why we yeah. get the captain of the London reminiscing <laughs> yeah. about the, the events of last week's episode. Probably. <laughs> I mean, that part was okay, though, because it was sort of a, a recap. Yeah, but still stands to reason that the <laughs> the point of its existence was to pad out their undying. <laughs> Anyway, that's what they do. Blake just jumps up and he's like, all right, now. And they, they start causing a commotion, grabbing Blake. the guns, grabbing the bracelets. Villa grabs a bracelet and just starts crawling through the battle. <laughs> We've got to mention that Vargas put on one of the blaze Bracelets? Bracelets. <laughs> when, when Blake mentions what they are. Yeah. There's also a scene on the spaceship where Jenna's like, what would happen if we teleported someone out of the range of the teleporters? And I'm like... <laughs> is that what? possible? Yeah. But apparently it is because Avon's like, yeah, that's, that's possible, but they'd probably just be disintegrated by something. <laughs> by techno battle. <laughs> disintegrated by techno battle. Yeah, that that scene might have also been a, a time wasting scene. Well, I, I that mean, it scene only I was... took 20 seconds, so I'm not sure why. Well, I thought that scene was like foreshadowing for the end of the episode because that's how they kill Vargas. I guess. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. Spoilers. They kind of dies Vargas. in a similar way to Raker, come to think of it. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, on the planet, uh, things are going poorly for this planned rebellion. People are dying. The guards have spears. I don't think they foresaw that the guards would have spears. <laughs> oh, yeah, at one point, Vargas tests the gun, and we mentioned last week that based on the sounds the guns were making and the lights they were making, they should have just blinded and <laughs> deafened anybody who used them. And in this story, when Vargas fires the gun, he instantly cl- clasps his ears in pain. <laughs> I'm like, wow. But these are different guns. These are yeah. uh, alien guns. Yeah, but similar effect. <laughs> Really? <laughs> anyway, I think Summon and Arco die. Yeah, they do. Gan and Blake are sort of fighting their way out. Gan makes it out. Well, Gan, Villa, and Blake make it to the other side of this door, and Gan's holding this door back. And Blake is like, I need to go back and get the guns and the rest of the bracelets. Uh, Gan and Villa are like, that's suicide, man. You don't want to do that. Blake, at this point, I think, is called to the Liberator for, you know, beam me up, Liberator, and... <laughs> Jenna and Avon yeah. are like Avon. having a stare down about Avon. whether or not to push the button. Okay, this was funny. Avon was like pacing the room and he's like, we might as well just go. Blake only has a, a minute or two left. And Jenna's like, no, we have to wait out the entire time. He's like, fine. He's not going to call back anyway. And like five seconds before they're about to leave, Blake's like, all right, bring me back up. And Avon's just like, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Avon. <laughs> Yeah, poor really. Avon. He was kind of, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thing is, like, not really poor Avon because he was just gonna doom Blake. But at the same time, I would be on board with Avon and just like taking all the riches and leaving. Because I mean, he's right. Blake is just gonna use it to fund his foolhardy campaign against the Federation. Yeah, but there's nothing stopping Avon from just killing Blake when he beams him up, <laughs> right? Like, just because he he. 
if he was more cunning, he would go along with Jenna's plan until he beamed them up and then just kill Blake to remove the competition. Avon seems to have some semblance of a conscience left. There's this. There's a scene where Jenna asks Avon if he could kill someone, and uh, he just turns the question on Jenna, to which she doesn't. She doesn't respond to the question either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking, I guess Avon taking a page out of Zen's book, like if he can do it, I can too. No, no. At some point, Jenna's like, I don't think he likes you in reference to Zen about Avon. Yeah. Because Zen just, like, doesn't respond to Avon sometimes. <laughs> I mean, when your first interaction with him is calling him an idiot and telling him that you're going to remodel him, you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Anyway, Blake goes back into the room. Yeah, he tells Gan and Villa to run. And they're like, but you're going to die. And he's like, just run. You guys already have bracelets on. They'll beam you up eventually. And they're like, okay. And so they run, and Blake runs into the room to get a bracelet, because he didn't get a bracelet for himself. And Vargas is in there with a gun pointed at Blake, and he's like, ha ha ha, I've got you now. And then they all get beamed up, including Vargas. Blake (laughs) jumps. There's these guards, and Blake is running out of the room, and uh, they just slowly move their spears to cover the uh, exit, and Blake just leaps over them. (laughs) Yeah, well... Not a good Blake 7 story if you don't have Geth. Thomas leaping over spears. So this is the only good Blake 7 story yes, then? this is it. Cygnus Alpha, the best of the, the show. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> this might be one of the best episodes. I don't know, I really like this episode, so... So they get beamed up, and Avon seems wholly unconcerned as a dude with a gun <laughs> with them, trained on them. Vargas is like, alright, give me control of the ship take it down, land it. And they're like, yeah, no, we've already set a course to go away. Plus, if you kill us, you're not going to be able to control the ship, so... (laughs) And Vargas continues making a speech or whatever, but he's slowly backing into uh, what he doesn't know is the teleportation area. Yeah, kind of weird that to beam people out of the spaceship, you have to be within that certain area, but to beam them back on doesn't really matter. Oh, well, (laughs) whatever. Star Trek does the same thing, and I always thought that was kind of weird, too. Although in Star Trek, they have point-to-point teleportation, so I guess that removes the requirement for the teleportation room, transportation, transporter room, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, as soon as Vargas steps into the area completely, they just beam him out into space and he dies. Yeah. He explodes. There's like an actual explosion on screen. I'm like, wow, did he just explode? Yeah, he got disintegrated by the whatever Avon says. Yeah. There's... The episode kind of just ends. There's just this one really short shot of Blake, Jenna, Avon. No, there's like two minutes of padding right here because all of a sudden Avon or Jenna, I don't actually remember who says it, but they're like, there's Federation ships on the oh, scanner yeah, they and they're coming the towards us. And Blake's like, oh no, Federation ships, what do we do? And they're like, I don't know, we could like fight or we could run away. And Blake's like, maybe we should run away, but we won't have to run for very much longer. And then it ends. <clears throat> <clears throat> yep. So the crew's all assembled now, except for Callie. I think she shows up either next week or the week after that. Yeah, so we've only got six right now. Gan, Villa, Jenna, Avon, Blake, and Zen. Zen, best character. Let's all be honest here. He doesn't want to kill anyone. He's basically a, a godlike criminal. alien spaceship. The only one not who isn't. a criminal. Doesn't answer questions, which I think is like, you know, pretty smart. Can't incriminate yourself if you don't answer questions. <laughs> You know, all in all, I really think Xan is shaping up to be the best character in this show. 
Yeah, I know there's another computer later on. I don't know what happens to Zen. Hopefully he doesn't die. <laughs> then again, I know there's another ship later on, so you know maybe that's why. I don't know what happens to the Liberator, but yeah. Something mysterious and ill-defined. <laughs> Should probably stop spoiling all of this stuff right now, but... Yeah, probably. Although I already knew that, so you're lucky. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that, all right. Probably shouldn't spoil it for all the people who like actually listen to this podcast without having watched Blake 7, though. Probably none of those people. But, you know, eh, <laughs> if you're one of those people, let us know. If I spoiled it, then it has to be spoiled for everyone. No, no. <laughs> anyway, yeah, of the three episodes I've seen so far, this was my favorite. I really yeah. liked this episode a lot more than the other two. I felt like it was paced a lot better and also was just, in general, a better episode. Yeah, it just had a lot more going on. You know, it keeps you from getting bored by, you know, having Avon and Jenna on the ship and then, you know, Blake sort of doing his thing and has the stuff with the prisoners. Just a lot going on there and, you know, cutting from one to the other was pretty enjoyable mm -hmm. rather than the linearity of the past couple episodes. And uh, the... Liberator sets were pretty cool. Obviously, they're going to be reused a lot throughout the season, so they're obviously going to put more effort into those sets than, like, story-specific sets. The temple was kind of just boring and gray, like almost everything else in the show that's not the Liberator <laughs> so far. <clears throat> Much like the quarry they filmed in. So I don't really have anything to say on that aspect, the, the sets this week. Costumes were pretty boring this week, too, because the priests just kind of wore generic priest robes the jenna, servant's costume was pretty cool jenna actually changed out of the prison clothes into some outfit she just randomly <laughs> found on the liberator i guess yeah once again really convenient <laughs> the aliens weren't like eight feet tall so. yeah just all around a good episode you know none of the music in this was really a standout at all just, i guess typical dudley simpson stuff yeah nothing really stood out to me either Music-wise. Um, but just a lot of firsts in this episode. Uh, like we mentioned before, sort of the first episode that really frames what the rest of the show is going to be like. Episodes 1 and 2 were sort of their own thing. Yeah, episodes 1 and 2 were like a TV movie almost. Yeah, if the rest of the show continues like this, then I think it'll be really good. But yeah, just... The question is, how long can they keep up that quality, right? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's mostly the same setup, just with differing levels of quality throughout the episodes, but... Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't have much else to say except that, yeah, I liked it. thought it was good. Yep. You can email us at thedoctor at decadentvegetable.com. Questions, comments, concerns, angry rants, love letters, your thoughts on Cygnus Alpha, just the prison planet, not the episode. <laughs> like, what are your thoughts on, on just a prison planet that's not really a prison planet? You can find us on YouTube at Decadent Vegetable. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play, both at Zenith, a Blake 7 podcast. Please be sure to leave a rating if you like the show because we like feedback and this is still a new show. <clears throat> so yeah. Check us out on Facebook. Trust your doctor. Also like us on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter at TYD Podcast and follow us on Twitter. And next time we're watching Time Squad. But until then, the end. <laughs>